Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Stand up for your country. QAnon. Ooh. Ooh. Holly the Terror Dogs frightened. I uh, wrote a message of the day on QAnon on BillOReilly.com. You want to check that out. But it's a serious story because this whole insanity is now being used by the highest chamber in the land, the House of Representatives. I mean, the Senate is a little bit more prestigious, but there are more folks in the House. So let's uh, walk through this. So QAnon uh, is some kind of Internet conspiracy thing. As you may know, I don't go to those websites or deal with loons on the Internet. Never do, never will. It's a colossal waste of time. Every sick, demented person in the world lives on the Internet. And why do I want to go in there and deal with that? I don't. I don't. Okay. So now the House of Representatives says, we're not going to vote on stuff today, March 4th. Um, We're going to vote yesterday. So they put votes. They move votes up because they're afraid that QAnon, whoever they may be, is going to do something heinous in Washington today. Why today? Because March 4th was the traditional, traditional day of the inauguration up until 1933. Um, back uh, in the 19th century, early 20th century, um, the president was elected, but they didn't swear him in because it's too cold until March 4th. But that changed. FDR changed that. However, the QAnon believers, whoever they may be, I don't know who they are. I don't know anybody who knows one. I've asked around, do you know any QAnon people? No, nobody knows any. All right, so anyway, the believers claim that uh, Donald Trump is sending them secret messages and that he's going to show up today to be inaugurated or some insane thing that nobody on earth could believe except the House of Representative leadership. That's Nancy Pelosi. Now, she doesn't believe it. She doesn't even know who QAnon is. All right, but she seizes this. Because she knows the media will pick it up, as they have, and, and send a message, oh, QAnon's coming for us. They're coming for us. All right. Now, um, apparently, I had my staff do some research. Um, QAnon was formed in 2017. Uh, they believe uh, that um, there's a satanic cult of pedophiles that run the world or something. I, I mean, it's don't. Okay, so um, in 2020, last year in July, Twitter banned any QAnon people (laughs) because they were just too crazy. That was really the beginning of the censorship. But, you know, in this case, when you get that far out, I think companies can look at that and say, you know what, maybe we have a separate category. If you'd like to hear lunatics rant. This is the category you go to, something like that, all right? Um, And I also have my staff look at the Justice Department stats about QAnon, as we did with the white supremacy stuff about a week ago. So in 2018, there were two QAnon followers arrested, people who said, yeah, I'm a a follower of QAnon. Two. That was in 18. 19.3, last year, seven. Now, apparently there were 
some QAnons who, who broke into the Capitol. I'm not exactly sure how many, um, but there were uh, some that did. Again, I don't know if this is a club. Do they have dues? Uh, I, I don't know. I doubt it. I think it's just people say, well, I want to be a QAnon person. Um, you know, it's been going around for years. They have secret societies in Europe, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So, all right. Now, the House cancels its vote, sends out to the media. We're canceling our vote. We're afraid of QAnon. They're going to come. Now, the Senate totally ignores all this. That should send you a message. They don't deal with it at all. Because the Senate sees themselves as, you know, more um, important, smarter body than the House. The House is riffraff. Senate of the elites. The Senate didn't bother with this at all. Um, the sergeant at arms for the House is a guy named Timothy Blodgett. He's in charge of security. You remember the guy before him got fired by Pelosi after the Capitol riot. Well, anyway, Blodgett on Wednesday um, said, uh, we don't have any indication of anybody coming to Washington to disturb the Capitol or the House or the Senate. But the next day, okay, then um, Wednesday morning, that Logic said that I think on Tuesday, Wednesday morning he changed. He says he's received new and concerning information and intelligence um, that there may be some militia coming and something, but didn't say what. All right, so all of this is uh, by design. Now, I told you, and it's worth repeating. Every morning in Washington, D.C., on K Street, there is a conference call among progressive groups, right? Sometimes it comes out of the Bonner group, B-O-N-N-E-R, other groups that are paid uh, money by the far left people, Soros money. Okay. They've got, they get a conference call and, and maybe they miss a day or two, but it's almost daily. And they put out strategy to the media. The media, not on that call. Not, nobody I know of is on a call in the media. It's, it's, it's progressive groups that are listening in. But they, they come up with a message, an organized message that's then sent out to the far-left media people. And this is what we're doing. This is what's happening. So the QAnon thing was sent out. All right, and then CNN and MSNBC, those people just pick it up. And that's how it gets to you just so you know what the pipeline is. Now, a little bit more serious than this is the FBI. Um, Jill Sanborn is the assistant director of the FBI's counterterrorism division. There she is. Here's what she says. Go. Looking forward, we assess the domestic violent extremist threat will continue to pose an elevated threat of violence to the U.S., we expect racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists will very likely pose the greatest domestic terrorism threats throughout 2021 and, in fact, leading into 2022. Well, she didn't say white supremacy or right-wing groups. She just said a domestic violent extremist, which, of course, of course, include Antifa and some Black Lives Matter people. And so I give her credit for that. Now, do I believe that this is a threat to the United States? I do. I mean, all you got to do is look what happened in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, and Minneapolis, and on and on. That's all you got to do. All right? 
These people are fully capable on the left, far left, of assassinating police officers, of blowing up buildings, of hurting you. The right-wing extremists, it's the same mindset. We can hurt people uh, that we don't like. But I believe, and almost with 100% certainty, that there are far more far-left terrorists than far-right. But the media is going to hype the far-right threat, which exists. I mean, we don't want to forget about the Oklahoma City bombing and things like that. It exists, all right? But they'll hype that all day long, and they'll play down BLM Antifa. That's what they do. That's why you're watching me and listening to me right now, because I don't do that. I report honestly about who's doing what to whom. So this whole QAnon thing is the biggest joke in the world. The comedians on late night TV, and I use the word comedians loosely, you know, picked up on it last night. Did you ever hear them make fun of Antifa or BLM? Kimmel or Fallon or Colbert? Did you ever? If you did, let me know. I'd like to use the clip. But they're all, all over QAnon. But if you ask them, well, well, where is QAnon? So we know where BLM is. It's in California. We know who runs it. We know what they do. And we'll have a, a story coming up on it. Uh, Antifa, we know that they're centered in Portland, Oregon. We know that. Where, where's QAnon? Where is it? Anybody know? Let me know. I'd like to report on it. Okay. So while we're on the House of Representatives, it's important for you to know how crazy things are in the people's house. Okay, so there was a vote yesterday to have the federal government certify that 16 year olds can vote. That was voted down. But 125 Democrats in the House voted for it. They want 16 year olds to be able to vote. 125. Um, No Republicans supported the issue. The uh, vote was sponsored by Ayanna Presley, one of the squad, there she is, uh, who is representing a district in Massachusetts. Now, the Bay State, I spent so much of my time there, I don't know. I mean, I can't even imagine what you guys up there are doing with this and Elizabeth Warren. and I mean, what's going on? Anyway, that's done. But what isn't done uh, is H.R. 1, the For the People Act, which passed, passed the House yesterday, 220 to 210. Now, were you aware of that? Do you see that on any of the TV news? Keeping us real quiet. And I'll tell you why they're keeping it quiet. Now, Biden, and I'll get to him in a minute, supports the For the People Act, all right? There was only one Democrat in the House voting against it, Benny Thompson of Mississippi, only one. So it passed 220 to 210. Now, I'm going to give you 10 things that would happen if the H.R. 1 is passed in the Senate, which it won't be, and I'll explain in a moment. Number 10, um, same-day voter registration. So you just show up and you can register, all right? Voter ID laws, um, you don't have to show an ID. Don't have to show one, all right? All convicted criminals who are let out get to vote. Um, 15 consecutive days of early voting permitted to every state. 15 days. 
it prohibits states from restricting a person's ability to vote by mail. Okay, they can vote by mail any way they want, any, anything. Okay, and it passes the Disclose Act, which require PACs and dark money political organizations to make their donors public. That's not a bad thing. That's the only positive thing I've seen. Um, it bans, uh, it creates a new ethics code for the U.S. Supreme Court, ensuring all branches of government are impacted by the new law. That means the Supreme Court couldn't overthrow any part of the For the People Act. So let me just, just give it to you. No voter ID, no voter registration. You can come the day of the vote. No limits on uh, mail-in voting at all. You can count the votes months after. You can do whatever you want. So this is basically should be called Anarchy for the People Act. And again, Biden supports it. So the vote, the bill, H.R. 1, now goes to the Senate, where you'd have to get 60 votes because they'll filibuster it. To pass, it's never going to even come close to that. Everybody knows that. All right, It's not going to close. And even if it did pass, the Supreme Court would knock it down like that because the individual states have the right to put up rules about how you vote. Now, we need voter reform in this country. We need a congressional act signed by a president, okay, to say we shouldn't have unlimited uh, mail-in voting. You should have to produce an ID before you vote. Canada does. Why can't we? Canada is a very liberal country. Why can't we? Mexico does. Got to show an ID. If you can't get an ID, which is impossible, anybody can get an ID, government will send you one. Send in a little letter. We'll send in an ID. Okay. So um, 20 attorneys general throughout the United States have signed a letter saying this whole thing, H.R. 1, is unconstitutional, which it is. It is. Okay. So don't worry about it. The takeaway for you, the honest American, is that the Democrats want this. They want chaos in every election because chaos works for them. You say, why? Why why does chaos work for Democrats and not Republicans? Because the Democrats are organized in the poorer neighborhoods. They're called precincts. And they can manipulate voting there by a variety of different ways. All right. And Republicans are not. They don't pay attention to poor neighborhoods. They should. But the Republican Party doesn't pay attention to the poor neighborhoods. And the Democrats do. That's what this is all about. All right. Um, The Stacey Abrams in Georgia, she organized all the poor people in Georgia. Like 95 percent of them voted for the two Democrats running for Senate. She got them out. That's why Georgia flipped, because of Stacey Abrams. And she'll probably be the next governor of Georgia, because she spends all her time in precincts that in the past didn't really participate that much, and now they all do, because it's easy for them. People come to their house, they take their envelope, they they give them an envelope, they tell them what to do, then they take it, and then they put it in. Republicans don't do that. So you know that. Okay. Um, so Joe Biden, now you all remember, cause I got tons of mail when I said, Hey, I'm a fair guy. I believe in Judeo Christian philosophy. 
Um, and I'm going to give Joe Biden a chance because he asked for a chance. So if you come to me and say, O'Reilly, maybe I did something bad in the past or maybe I'm misguided or was, but I'd like you to give me a chance because I'm going to try to live my life or, or do what I do in a positive way. I'm going to give you a chance. I am. Unless I know you and I think you're a charlatan. So I don't know Biden. I've met him once. Um, I don't agree with his policies, but doesn't mean I'm not going to give him a chance. Well, now that's over. That's over. As soon as he supported this bill, which is flat out unconstitutional and if passed would ensure Democrats win every election forever. As soon as he supported that, I said, this isn't a guy who wants the best for America. Now, this is my opinion. But I gave him a chance. And now I know that Joe Biden is dangerous. All right. I used to say he was befuddled, which is, of course, true. Now I'm telling you, he's dangerous. He's a lot more dangerous than Barack Obama was. There's a big difference between a philosophy of Barack Obama publicly stated, publicly stated, and the philosophy of Joe Biden, who is absolutely got Stockholm syndrome. You know what Stockholm syndrome is? Remember Patty Hearst, Symbionese Liberation Army, they kidnapped her, and she became one of them? That's what Biden has. The progressives have kidnapped him in jail, held him in the basement for all those months, and now they're part of the uh, team. Yeah. Give me a P. Give me an R. Give me an O. So Biden's dangerous. Biden doesn't want a vibrant democracy. He doesn't want a spirited debate. He's not going to hold press conferences. They're calling him Hyden Biden on talk radio now. All right. Not going to answer any question. Jen Psaki will answer them. All Biden's going to do is what he's told. Now, who's telling him? Now, we've been over this and over this. Um, Susan Rice is telling him what to do. The consensus goes to Ms. Rice, top domestic advisor, even though she has no experience in that area at all. The only experience Susan Rice has is she's best friends with Michelle Obama. That's all. She's a foreign policy expert. Expert, well, okay. She's the one who misled the world about the Libyan situation, all right, where the four Americans were murdered. Anyway, Susan Rice is the liaison to the progressive far left. And they kick it around, discuss it, whatever it may be. And then the conclusions come to Joe Biden. So yesterday, Biden got two. The first one was, yes, H.R., the bill to make the elections corrupt. We're going to support that. And we're going to call the states of Mississippi and Texas and the other states who open up on COVID. We're going to call them Neanderthals. That's what Biden called them. Now, that was given to him. He didn't make it up. And he mispronounced Neanderthal, which I did, too. It's Neanderthal. I didn't know that, but I don't care. And Neanderthal is a caveman. So Biden slams Texas and Mississippi and any other state that opens up because the progressives don't want the government to open up. Why? We went over this yesterday, because they want a strong central government, and they're establishing that now with COVID, 
to tell you what you can and can't do, can and can't have. This is exactly what's happening. Now, if you think that I'm exaggerating or I'm, I back every single thing up. So the state of Florida, which from the very beginning in COVID took a moderate path, opposed to the state of California, which closed down the entire state, causing untold suffering. All right. California has more COVID cases in Florida. Yeah, population's a little bit more, but I'm doing proportion. And the California governor, Newsom, he's on his way out. They got two million signatures to boot him out of there. And that's gonna, that vote will be held in uh, the summer because he's destroyed the state. Whereas DeSantis, the governor of Florida, he took a lot from the media, but that state is pretty vibrant. Now, Florida. And that's the best comparison you can always see. Now, did Biden say to DeSantis, hey, good job, Ron? Good job. You know, you coasted that right through and you didn't destroy small business in your state and people are coming there. And hey, nice job. That's what way all states should be. Did he do that? I don't think so. He'd never do that. Biden. So is he looking out for everybody? No, he's not. He's on the progressive train. I gave him a chance. So 40 days, he's had a chance from Bill. It's over. Can he redeem himself? If there's a miracle, if it's St. Paul on the road to Damascus, and all of a sudden, and then Paul becomes a very religious person, maybe Joe in the basement. I, I don't know. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, uh, let's get into uh, L.A. Now, New York is horrible, and New York is irredeemable at this point. Now, once de Blasio goes, which will be this year, there's an election in November for mayor of New York. Cuomo, he's not going to be reelected. He's done. He'll sell. He'll hang on. They're not going to boot him. But once they get a new governor and a new mayor, maybe state could come back. But California, I don't think it's ever coming back. So the L.A. school unions, teachers union, they won't open the school. No matter who orders them to do what, they're not, they're not going to do it. We're not opening the schools. We don't care what you say until every teacher is vaccinated in California. We don't care. You can order us. You can threaten us. You can do whatever you want. We're not showing up. Well, who does that hurt? It hurts the poor kids. Roll the tape. 
everybody, it's almost like minority families who want the schools to open more than anybody else. And the reason why I say that is because education for us, for our culture, is the stairway out of poverty. So every day that our children is not in school, that's just a day closer to poverty for them. You know, the folks, the African-Americans, the Hispanics, every minority, the folks know that kids got to go to school. And if they have jobs, like, you can't stay home all day and mind the kids. Maybe kids got to get in. Pigeons, okay. So, that, you know, that's how powerful these people are because they have a stranglehold of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden. Biden could do what Ronald Reagan did. He could go in and decertify the teachers' unions in L.A. He could say, you're, you're breaking the law, okay, and you're gone. Now, it would be a big brawl over that, but he could do it. Okay. Remember uh, Michael Brown Jr.? He was the guy killed in Ferguson, Missouri, that caused an immense amount of trouble. The police officer shot him. Um, a subsequent trial showed that uh, Mr. Brown was extremely aggressive, uh, and he wound up dead. Well, his father, Michael Brown Sr., is leading a civil rights group to try to mitigate violence against African-Americans. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if my son were killed, I just don't know how I could ever process that. And I would get into any group that I thought could uh, improve the situation. All right, so this is fascinating. Ferguson, Missouri is a long way from Los Angeles, California, where Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, which runs the BLM movement, exists. Remember, three women. We broke this story. Okay. Three women in, L in California, two in LA, one up in Oakland. They run it. Corporations and individuals have donated $90 million to BLM. 90 millions. Well, Mr. Brown and his partners in this group want some of that money. Roll it. We're asking that Black Lives Matter leadership funds $20 million to Ferguson organizers, organizations, and community foundations to do the work. We're not begging for a handout. We're coming for what we deserve. Now you're seeing it, okay? Big money. Now what are the three ladies who run BLM doing with the money? Well, as we reported, again, we broke the story. They hire friends and family to advise them to do certain jobs. So everybody's on the payroll, all right? Now, the Ferguson, Missouri guys say, we want some of that money. Now, are they entitled to it in Ferguson, Missouri? No, they're not. They're not entitled to it, but they want it. They feel that they are entitled to it, but they're not entitled to it legally. Now, if you, and Black Lives Matter is never going to send $20 million to these guys, all right, in a million years. But you can see now there's a fissure. It's just breaking apart. So the Marxist BLM Global Foundation group, they hit it big. Now, all the other smaller groups, they want some of that. As they say in the uh, organized crime movies, they want to wet their beak. Okay, when I get some of that. Now, the reason I'm reporting this story is, number one, it's fascinating. And number two, you'll never hear it anywhere else. 
And the reason that I continue to pound that theme, for those of you watching me on TV, listening to me on the radio, going on the internet to watch me, whatever, is that that is why you spend your time with us. Because now we have a news blackout in addition to having a media that is dishonest and corrupt. They'll black it out. You'll never hear that story. Okay. Um, mm, 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 mm. Just for your reference, the three women who run BLM are Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi. There they are. They run BLM. All right, next week, the George Floyd trial starts in Minnesota. All right. And it's in Hennepin County, which is Minneapolis. Now, Mr. Floyd, as you know, May 25th, 2020, um, got into a confrontation with Minneapolis police officers, and he wound up dead. We all know the story. And then after that, there were riots all over the United States, and many were killed and hurt and, and all of that. So I am going to Mass on Sunday, and my sole cause for the Mass is to pray for the country that this doesn't happen again. But if the police officer on trial for second-degree murder, Derek Chauvin, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, I should know it, C-H-A-U-V-I-N, if he is acquitted, if he is acquitted, you can count on violence. Because there are people who want violence. You know that. They want it. So they're getting ready. Now, this trial starts on Monday, but opening statements will probably not be till March 29th. So three weeks. Because they have to pick the jury, very complicated, um, and, and things like that. And the trial is expected to last two to four weeks. So we're looking now at the end of April for the pivot point in the George Floyd trial. I'm going to cover this very, very fairly, as, most, as disciplined as I can, giving you a summation of both sides, uh, what happens. We all know now that George Floyd had opiates in his system. Okay? We don't know what the coroner is going to testify to. I'm sure he'll be called. Um, but this is coming. The far left knows this is coming. This has been a topic of discussion for them. Everybody knows by the end of April in this country. Okay. Three other officers, Thomas Lane, Tothal, and J. Alexander Quang, will be tried separately. But Chavin is the main guy. He's the guy that had his knee on Mr. Floyd. Here's a fascinating story. So, as we reported yesterday, and I hope you saw uh, the interview that we had yesterday, because it was just phenomenal, um, about the uh, surge to the border, okay, um, which is really going to get terrible for Joe Biden, because he obviously is an open border guy. He doesn't want to stop people from coming here, all right? So... Um, what we reported was that you have a doubling in January over December of people being arrested at the border, people illegally crossing. Well, most of those people want asylum because that's the game. You get caught, you ask for asylum. Okay? So um, 
in Brownsville, Texas, there are thousands of illegal immigrants now in that town. They have a bus station there. At the bus station, there is a COVID station for testing, rapid testing of COVID. Now, the Brownsville authorities can't force anybody to be tested. The feds could, but the feds don't. Okay, so as Stephen Miller, President Trump's top immigrant advisor, told us yesterday, okay, the states are powerless. The immigration is only dealt with by the federal government. But you can get tested. And 108 illegal immigrants, according to Felipe Romero, who's a spokesman for the city of Brownsville, tested positive for COVID at this voluntary station. Well, what happened to them? Nothing. They got on a bus, positive for COVID, and they went where they wanted to go. Now, if you missed the No Spin News a couple of days ago, then you don't know that the federal government gives each of them that asked for asylum $1,100 in cash so they can get a best ticket or a plane ticket or anything ticket to go wherever they want. And if they're COVID positive, the feds don't do anything. There's no coordination between the city of Brownsville and the federal government. And the feds don't test. They don't have test centers at the border checkpoints. I mean, I'm sitting there going, this is so insane. All right. And a responsible president, somebody who really cared about the country, would say, we're not going to have any immigration at all until this COVID subsides. And then you're going to have to show a vax card to get in. That's what a responsible president would do. None. Everybody goes back immediately. Right? Okay. Another really interesting story, Cuomo. So Cuomo is not going to get booted out. Uh, he's not going to be uh, recalled. We don't have that. He's not going to be impeached. But he won't be able to run again, and he's through on a national level. So one of the women who accused him of misbehavior has hired Deborah Katz as her attorney. There's Deborah. Know who she is? Remember who she is? Christine Blasey Ford's attorney. Ah, oh, she's in Washington, not in New York. So this woman, Charlotte Bennett, hires cats. Why? Why? Okay, why would you do that? Cats is the furthest left attorney you can ever get. So this tells me the far left, the progressives, want Cuomo out of there. And she's not going to pay cats. Cats is working pro bono. Blasey Ford didn't pay her anything. Nothing, not a dime. All the money comes from the groups. They pay the lawyers. Cats. So when I saw that, I went, oh, now I get it. The far left wants Cuomo out. Why? Because he's not as crazy as the socialist communists are. And in New York, they want a wealth tax. And Cuomo's not going to sign on to that. he got to go. That's what's happening. Thought you'd like to know. AOC is involved with this big time. In Virginia, Fairfax County wants to ban the size of flags. This is, I told you, far left's going to want to change the flag. First step, Fairfax County, Virginia. It's unconstitutional, but they're happening. This day in history, 192 years ago, Andrew Jackson was inaugurated at a big party in the White House. Problem was, thousands of people showed up 
and trashed the White House. I mean, trashed it, broke everything, stole stuff, vomited it all over the place. Fights broke out. Jackson split. And it was so bad that Congress gave him 50000 to do repairs. So it was tradition in early part of the USA that after you're inaugurated, okay, you have a little party and if some of the folks could come. Well, after this, they kind of tamped that down. But it wasn't until 1933, FDR, when um, the inauguration day was changed. And Grover Cleveland, old Grover, all right, he stopped the parties. Grover, he was a party guy in private, but he wasn't a big public party guy. But Andrew Jackson, the White House trashed 192 years ago today. Right back. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Okay, let's get to the mail. Um, Peter and Katie in Manhattan. I'm withholding the last name. My girlfriend and I, I guess Peter's writing here, are as lefty as they come. Bernie voters through and through. But we love the no-spin news. We try to see it every night. Um, we enjoy the perspective, um, and it's always enlightening. Well, you're not as far lefty as they come, Peter and Katie. Because if you were, you wouldn't want another point of view. Totalitarian left doesn't want to hear me. And for 24 years, they've attacked me almost every day. But I'm glad you guys are on board. We want everybody listening and watching to the No Spin News. Carlos, so I agree with your hypothesis, Bill. I believe one reason for lockdowns to condition people to follow orders without questioning authorities. Absolutely, Carlos. You got it. Stephen, concierge member, I hope you guys consider concierge membership. Just a question, I live in Ontario, Canada, and we do not have voter IDs here, so what's the problem in the states? Problem is that the Democratic Party wants everybody to vote, no matter whether they're citizens or not. That's the problem. Ed Weber, Lacey, Washington, why can't the border states require people to show proof of COVID uh, in order to gain entry? Because they're sneaking in here illegally anyway. And there's there's just no apparatus for that. Um, Mary Jacques, Paris, Michigan. Mr. O'Reilly, we watch you every evening. My question, where do families get the five, six thousand dollars to pay the cartels to smuggle them into the USA? People can get money. You know, they pool money. People can get money. I mean, you know, drug addicts, they don't don't have a lot of money. But I'm not equating drug addicts with migrants. Um, But... All I want you to know is people can get money, and they do, and they pay the cartels. 
Marianne Artinian, Farmington Hills, Michigan, outside of Detroit. But would you please tell us who the cancel culture is? Now, Marianne, I have done this, but special for you, I will go over it. The cancel culture starts on social media, okay, in a variety of different ways, variety of different groups, starts there, then the corporate media picks it up, whether it's a boycott, whether it's an assault, an attack on an individual, whatever it may be. It's a pipeline. There's no central cancel culture organization. It's kind of like QAnon, right? but it gets traction, as they say, in some areas. And that's how it goes. Uh, Richard Dick, Loganville, Georgia. At the library in which I work, we have been asked by Powers to pull some of the books by Dr. Seuss. And yet a children's book was circulated that depicts President Trump as a pig. If you send me the names, I'll deal with that. Richard, I don't want to get you in trouble, but I'll deal with it. Mark Turley, Fresno, California. Do you believe Kamala Harris is driving much of the agenda right now? I do not. I don't think the Biden people really like or trust Kamala Harris. Could be wrong. James Hutchinson, Gross Point Woods, Michigan. Uh, you, laid out, you lay out the news bill in a fact-based, unemotional, unbiased manner. It gives us insights into the threats on America. That's why I'm here. That is what I do. Okay, two months from today, Killing the Mob comes out. I hope you pre-order it. You'll get it first. If you do, on BillOReilly.com, 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. Fabulous deal. You'll love both books. I guarantee it. All right? Um, no chuffiness when writing to us. C-H-U-F-F-I-N-E-S. No chuffiness. Final thought on how to deal with radical leftists on a personal basis in a moment. Okay, here's the final thought of the day. You know, I started doing commentary on the national level in 1996. And uh, that was the Bush the Elder administration. Then we segue right into Bill Clinton. And I was able to, you know, give you strengths and weaknesses of both parties, uh, both personalities, power people. And it wasn't a threat I didn't see from either party to the country. Now I see a threat from the Democratic slash progressive left. All right. I see a threat to the way of life that I respect and I believe America should have. That's a personal threat to me and my family. I think a lot of you see it the same way. So unlike 25 years ago, all right, now I have to fight one particular movement. I didn't have to do that in the past. Now I do. I don't want to be put in a zealot category, but as I told you about Joe Biden, I gave him a chance, but now he's doing stuff that's hurting the country. All right, so I got to go in on that. Now in your life, I don't know too many far left people. I know a few and I kind of distance myself. I talk sports or something like that. Never politics because you're not going to persuade them. It's like the QAnon nuts. You're not going to persuade QAnon crazies not to be crazy. You'd have to be a loon to even consider that. It's the same thing on the far left. You're not going to bring them back. Now, if it's your kid, then you got to try. But if it's anybody else, you don't. Be pleasant. But here's what you can do in your defense. Buy the stand up for your country stuff. We have bumper stickers brand new. We had a big demand for them. They're here. All right. That sends a message. It's not a political message. 
Stand up for your country. All right? That's what you can do. And if they give you a hard time, you kind of hold up and we got the doormats. But I have a doormat right outside my front door. So anybody knocking on my door knows I'm standing up for my country. Anyway, don't do anything hostile. Don't be hostile. Disengage. See you soon.